Hey, it's Ralph here. Q1 is now closing and it probably didn't go as well as you had hoped, but I'm sure your agency is probably telling you that they crushed it. But in reality, it crushed you. If your agency isn't on the same page as you are, if there's something wrong, but you can't quite put your finger on what that thing is, go on over to tier11.com forward slash apply. It will set you up on a call to show you a better way to look at your business, not just metrics that make us agencies look good, but something that actually moves the needle and makes you more money, acquires more new customers, and ultimately achieves your vision. Head on over to tier11.com forward slash apply today. You're listening to Perpetual Traffic. Hello and welcome to the Perpetual Traffic Podcast. This is your host, Ralph Burns, and this is episode 303. And today I am joined by a very special, special guest, someone near and dear to our hearts here at Tier 11, none other than Director of Marketing at Tier 11, Vanessa Vega. I'm always happy to be here. Well, you know, Vanessa's pinch hitting today because first off, Amanda couldn't make it and we wanted to reveal the results. And sometimes this is what happens with perpetual traffic. We just kind (laughs) of put it together on the fly a bit. That's all right. And that's sometimes how you got to roll in digital marketing and in business and in life. And Vanessa has been kind enough to um, uh, come on the show here today and actually talk about the results of this survey, which we asked you, the perpetual traffic listener, to uh, to to help us out on about a month or so ago. And we've had a few shows where uh, we've mentioned the survey itself, and now we're at the point where we've got a ton of responses here, which is really awesome. Way more than I had thought. I kind of thought like maybe you know twenty or thirty people might fill this thing out and. Uh, give their answers, but we have over 200 responses, which is phenomenal. And um, the most interesting part of it is that there is a real split between who is the listener of this show, something that we've always suspected, I think, to a certain degree. And I think actually due to the fact that digital marketer in general tends to attract business owners, employees, and agencies, freelancers, we got a almost like a 50-50 split here, Vanessa, on who filled out this survey with very different answers as to what their biggest challenge or frustration they're facing right now in their business. So um, but let's go through these sort of in the two buckets with you know the employees kind of straddling the center line a bit. But uh, tell us a little bit about what the business owner, entrepreneur selling my own products person, what what were the main themes there as far as what was a real challenge for them? And uh, maybe these are obviously, the this is an exercise here, guys, for uh, figuring out what your market wants before you launch a product. So let's not forget the main goal here. Like our, our goal is to launch a product, show you how to launch a product by actually launching a product. And this is our first step, find out what our customer, who our customer is, and what their biggest frustration is or desire is. Those two questions are what we really wanted to answer. So the two people that we found here is that there's agency owners and then there's business owners. So mm-hmm. Vanessa, maybe you can go through some of the answers here from some of our business owner, entrepreneur friends who are struggling with a couple of different things. So first of all, I just have to say that I'm very pleasantly surprised that we got over 200 responses, especially because I think for the first day or two, our form was completely screwed up. <laughs> oh, I, um, forgot <laughs> I forgot, like, 
Okay, I'm the one who set that form up, and I'm yeah. pretty sure I set it up the wrong way. So, if you <laughs> were one right. of the early like uh, form fillers, I'm very sorry. That was totally my fault. <laughs> I remember when we were looking at some of the results coming in, and people were like, "I can't fill this form in. What the hell's wrong with you guys?" I'm like, "Oh my god." We so I put like, okay, I was like, like "Why would that be an option?" So I think that's. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> yeah, there's there's a couple of terse Slack messages back and forth on my yeah. in here. So it just goes to show you done is better than perfect, I suppose. Yeah. But we did yeah, we tested this thing. Like I know I'm looking through my email. I, I'm in here like three or four times testing it. You were in there like yeah. It. Everybody was we testing. were all like, what is happening with this? But anyway, so if you did fill out the form, you know, in the first, after the first episode and couldn't fill it out, we do apologize. But um, nonetheless, uh, the Perpetual Traffic listeners are a, a very loyal bunch and they did stick with it here. So thank you for that. Yeah. So there were some common themes with the business owners and the entrepreneurs kind of selling their own products as far as like their single biggest challenges or frustrations that they were facing in their businesses. So I decided to just kind of pick a handful of them um, that seem to kind of be a little bit repetitive and just going to kind of talk on some of them. So one of the biggest ones that I kind of saw, I mean, some of these kind of go into each other, but one of the biggest ones that I saw was, first of all, I, I kind of think these two go together. So one of them is from someone named Nico and the other one is from someone named Wallace. So Nico asked how to research the market and find out what my audience wants. Wallace asked about creation of entry point offers, which I feel like both of those kind of go very similarly hand in hand. So first of all, Nico, great question on how to kind of research the market, find out what your audience wants. This is something that we're always diving into for our customers. Um, and it's something that as an entrepreneur or as a business owner, you know, you definitely want to always be searching for, right? Because especially if you have like a seasonal type product, like some of those things might change, right? Or even if you have like a, a product that is popular at one point and then ends up kind of going like almost like a fad product, right? Those things end up changing at some point. So being able to kind of research the market and finding out what your audience wants is huge. They're like there's so many different ways that we do this in the agency. So one of the ways is obviously a simple Google search. Like Google searching is like probably the place that you're going to start with all of this. And then what ends up happening is when you start going through the Google search, you're going to find competitors and you're going to find people that sell things that are similar to you. And one of the biggest places that I really love looking for research when it comes to um, customers of products or just trying to find out like who's buying these products is going to the review section of different competitors. Like that's like always like a golden place that I always search for ideas for ad copy, ideas for hooks, um, ideas for other products. Like you'll start to see that people will be very repetitive in what they're asking for or their issues that they're dealing with, or, you know, things that just come up again and again and again in the review section Another good one is looking at comments on ads. So obviously we have that beautiful tool, the ad library from Facebook. You know, the easiest thing to do is going into the ad library, typing in a competitor's name, looking at their ads. And when you click on their ads, you can actually go straight to the post um, and you can actually see the ad comments there. And that's like another really great place to kind of search and figure out 
uh, what are the trends for some of these people? And, you know, what do they look like? How, how are they responding to some of these ads? Are they asking certain questions? Are they like frequently asked questions on these ads? And, you know, just kind of looking at stuff like that, right? Um, and then, you know, kind of merging into Wallace's question about creation of entry point offers. That's the market research is like a really great place to start. And then there's creation of entry point offers, but there's like something in the middle there that ends up happening before you go ahead and create a bunch of entry point offers, right? So for me, that always has been doing something organically. So uh, for example, one of the biggest things that we do when we're deciding on whether or not to take a new hook, like perspective on some of our ads is making organic posts, right? So this is something that we used to do a lot for Organifi, which like Jenny, the media buyer on that account would often go through the comments. She would often look at reviews and then she would come up with a bunch of different ideas for hooks for just organic posts, right? And that's a really great place to start when you're deciding whether or not to make certain entry point products, right? Um, is to start off by making them an organic post and kind of seeing how your list responds to them mm-hmm. on their own, like without any paid traffic behind them, without any kind of like juice added in, like really posting and then figuring out like what your already customer base is responding to. And then going from there and seeing like which ones have the most engagement will automatically tell you where like the strongest signal is for the creation of an actual product. So like a post on your page, for example, if you've got a Facebook page, just posting something organically and then seeing how your fans Mm -hmm. react to it. If you have a list, seeing how your list reacts to it and then measuring that engagement, obviously the higher the engagement, the more likelihood there is for that turning into either the copy for an ad, a product itself, an entry point Mm -hmm. offer. And you're doing all this without spending any money but doing some research ahead of time, which is when you really think about what we're doing here, we're using the asset that we have and getting the research done based upon the asset that we have. If you don't have a podcast with 7 million downloads, that's fine. Like that's what we have. That's what we're using. That's how we're finding out what the avatar is, who our listener is, what they really want or what their biggest desire or pain or frustration is. And then we're going to craft our offer most likely it'll be an entry point offer exactly like Wallace asks here to then lead them down the path to something that's a paid product. It's like leveraging the asset that you have. If you don't have a big following on Facebook, Google, like, you know, Amazon, all the other things, all your competitors, where is that market? What is it that they want? And people telling you what they want through comments, through reviews, is really powerful research, uh, you know, just as powerful as what we're getting here on these 200 responses. Mm-hmm. So it, you know, the not, the not so glamorous part of internet marketing and digital marketing is the research yeah. is the, the stuff you do before you actually do the really cool stuff, right? Before right. you make the ad and the landing page and all that stuff. Like you need to know what your market really wants, and however you find that information, it, you know Vanessa's given you a lot of examples here. Uh, just leverage that, and that's the first step. Because you know, if you guess, chances are you're going to miss, right? And I mean, 
like this is just one way of doing it, right? So we talked about like making a post, let's say on your Facebook page, um, there's a really, really easy way to kind of pick up on those signals. If you go into um, your page insight, when you are on your, like actually managing your business page, you'll see a bar at the top and it'll be page insights. From there, you can look at posts and you can just sort by the ones that are organic the ones that you haven't put any money behind, you know that they're not like muddied, like the waters aren't muddied there because you, you haven't added any budget in, but you'll see the engagement. So engagement is one of the metrics there. And they basically, Facebook makes it super easy to kind of look at it at a glance and see like which ones get the most engagement like just organically on their own. Um, so that's a really great way to just kind of quickly check, you know, like, a pulse check on what posts are actually getting, you know, the most interaction. What's your threshold on that when you do that type of research? Because, you know, depending on the size of your fan base or people that are actually seeing your posts, how do you know what's good engagement versus what's not so good? First of all, it's going to depend on the business, how many page followers they have, um, how active those page followers are, you know, like, Obviously, if this is like a page where like they've bought a ton of their followers, if you set your targeting for worldwide, like Facebook and you're like doing a page like campaign, Facebook will automatically just try to get you the cheapest possible page like. So if it is a page with like a lot of not really good followers, like they're not the typical followers that you would want to buy from your product, right? This is like one, one of the reasons why when like we would always have customers come in and they would have like a page like campaign going, but it would just be like on something super random and it would be like a worldwide targeting. Like that wouldn't always be the best case scenario. Like I'm fine with page like campaigns and stuff like that. As long as they're still going towards the right demographic that you would eventually like to buy your products, right? So um, that's kind of one of the things that factors into this. Like if I, if it's a page of a business that I already know has like a ton of like fake followers, like this probably isn't going to work for that. But for example, a page that I already know, like the baseline for organic interaction, and you can, you can kind of see the baseline for interaction inside of the page insights. You'll be able to kind of see like which posts, really spike with the engagement and then which posts are just kind of like standard normal. Like it's literally like a little blue bar that kind of goes up and down with the amount of engagement that you have going on um, or the amount of interaction that's going on. So like looking at your average for that page and then finding out what is above that average is where it's going to make a difference for this. And we'll leave links in the show notes for Page Insights. If you don't know yeah. where Page Insights is on your business manager on your Facebook page, but this is <laughs> a very, very good first step. If you don't have a Facebook page, then you know that's a whole other question. But I mean, you should at yeah. least have this at the very least if you've been a listener to the show for any number of years. Uh, hopefully that is the case. So it's a really good place to start. So it's really, it's good and bad as far as engagement is all relative based upon right. how many posts that you've actually you right. know, done on your on your page itself. So that kind of goes over those like creation of entry point offers, um, and then also how to do research for mark like researching your market. I mean, there are a bunch of different ways to research your market. I know like Zach Zach Romero, he mm-hmm. was part of Tier Eleven, and uh, he he has like an insane 
research process where like he will literally go to like the place that he knows that that target market is hanging out and just kind of like people watch for a few hours or a couple days or something yeah. like he gets very in-depth with it. And that's definitely a possibility. Um, but you know, obviously with internet marketing, it's like direct response stuff. It's you, sometimes you do have to kind of shortcut this stuff. And that's kind of one of the easiest ways to do that is by utilizing things that you already have to your disposal. And then obviously doing stuff like what we did here, where we are sending out a survey to the entire podcast kind of listenership here. And, you know, that's another way to kind of do some kind of market research. If you have any kind of list sending out some kind of survey to them, it can be super valuable for informing your current products or current ads, and then any, any additional products that you're going to be making in the future. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, I mean, if, if we use our uh, director of creative strategy as sort of an example of this, of somebody mm -hmm. doing the research on steroids, <laughs> um, you know, I mean, he does as a part of the research for figuring out what our messaging is going to be for our customer accounts ads. Basically, it's the same thing for finding an offer, an entry point offer as well, is doing this research ahead of time, which is just to name a few things. I mean, there are at least 15 things that him and his staff go through prior to actually coming out with a hook or an entry point offer idea. Like if we're doing, you know, after the click consultation, for example, a lot of that is, all right, what is it that we're going to offer them? Exactly what, you know, some of our, our listeners here are, are, are saying is our, their biggest pain point. But the point is, is you can go product reviews, customer reviews, you know, they even go into like interview the founder of the company mm -hmm. itself, go to your com competitors, go to your competitors reviews, even go to the, uh, there's a resource called answer the public, which is a great one to do even more research. Uh, you can even go and do buyer interviews. Like if you have buyers of your products or buyers, you know, internally yeah. go interview them surveys is exactly what we did here. So we basically did one of the 15 here for perpetual right. traffic because this was the asset that we had. But just because we did it this way doesn't mean that you should be doing it this way. So forums right. are another great one. Groups, Groups exactly. are a really, really, really great way. Um, anytime you have any kind of like membership product where you have a group that's involved, you know, a lot of the time they tend to be like really interactive. Um, I mean, I guess it depends on how much you're in there, but usually like buyers are super interactive when they've purchased something. So surveying your group is very easy to do just posting a quick question uh, so for example like if you've got a um a customer service department for example talking to your customer service people like the communications maybe listening in on some conversations that they have or some messages that they have with your current customer or like this is a this runs broad. So that would mean that, all right, I'm a business right now. I already have customers. I'm thinking about you know, launching a new product or something that will take my business to the next level. Like there's a, there's a continuum here. If you're brand new starting out, start with the Google search and competitor reviews. If you've got an established business, we'll use the assets that you have, just like we are doing here. So if you, if you have a customer service department, go there, you know, mm -hmm. like find out like, that's some of the best stuff. And I, I've found that some of the best copy for our ads are not the ones that our high paid copywriters write. It's the stuff yeah. that we just take from either a customer review mm -hmm. or maybe a conversation that someone had with a customer service rep or maybe from a survey 
like use the exact wording oftentimes in your ads and to hook people in. So this is like multiple ways in which you can make your product successful is already thinking about like how you're going to hook it in, but using their words or their desires, you know, for your, for your ability to be able to scale and grow and, and create a product or a hook or something that will pull in cold traffic and ultimately lead to, to scaling your business. Well, there is no question that when it comes to influence and persuasion in digital marketing, no one, and I mean no one, commands more respect than Dr. Robert Cialdini. If you have never read his books, Influence and Persuasion, I swear you are missing so much in your digital marketing, not only as an influencer and an advertiser, but as just a great marketer. And that's why I'm so excited to invite you to a free webinar where he'll be sharing his latest insights on new e-commerce strategies. Now, alongside Dr. Cialdini, you'll learn from Bass Wilders and the authors of Reputation King, my buddy Scott Branley and DJ Sprague. Attendees will absolutely be able to understand exactly how to gain a competitive edge in the marketplace by leveraging online reputation management. Now, that's something that we haven't talked about here on this show all that much. And it's more reason for you to register for the webinar here, which is completely free over at reputationking.com forward slash PT. So join us on April 18th from 12 noon to 2 p.m. Eastern. That's 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Pacific for you West Coasters by registering at reputationking.com forward slash PT. Once again, that's reputationking.com forward slash PT. Cialdini has been a huge influence on me. and I can't wait to see how his new e-commerce strategies resonate with you and how they affect your business in a positive way using reputation management. Make sure that you register for the April 18th free webinar at reputationking.com forward slash PT. So the the other side to this, and we obviously we're going to be getting more and more into this in, in, in future shows as we craft our own product, is there's business owners that listen to this show, but then there's this other group, which is agency owners. And a lot of these agency owners, like I would say probably a little bit more than half filled out the survey here, which is really interesting uh, to me being an, an agency owner myself. Yeah. And the struggles that most of our freelancer agency listeners have are very similar. I mean, there's you know over 100 plus responses here, but a lot of them I, I think can be boiled down to three big things, which is people want more leads. They want a, a higher quality of customer. How to attract that higher quality customer? How do I get clients into my funnel? That's all like a lead generation. How do I attract my ideal customer? That's a huge theme throughout all the answers here. The second one is processes and SOPs, or maybe sort of that's the third one. But like, and then it's attracting the right people to work for right. you, which is hiring teams and people. So the way that we look at it is like, first off, you need leads. You need a way of bringing in leads in which you can then convert them and attract your ideal customer. Then you need to fulfill on those leads, which is if you're a freelancer and you're an entrepreneur, you're an agency owner, that's probably going to be you to start off. But as you get more leads, as you get more customers, what you're going to need is you're going to need a hiring system 
in place in order to hire more people to multiply your efforts, duplicate your efforts. And like we always say, and, and it, when we're talking about this internally with Tier 11, we do a tremendous amount of hiring is yeah. don't necessarily hire people exactly like you. Hire people that are complementary to you, meaning like mm -hmm. they're not kissing your ass or anything like that, but they are better than you in some ways. So for example, an example I always use is when you know, we first started working together, um, myself and Deacon. Deacon is an mm -hmm. operational kind of guy. That's not my strong suit. He's a programmer, past programmer. He's very good at systems and all the sorts of things that I was sort of good at. But like I hired him because he was complementary to my skills as, you know, a marketer, as a CEO and all that sort of stuff that goes along with that. So when you're hiring people, you want to hire people that are complementary to you because they're going to be the ones that ultimately are going to fulfill as you scale and grow. And the, the big theme here is scale, right? On the business owner side, as well as on the agency side, everyone seems to want to scale, really. But for an agency owner, you need better leads. You need people to fulfill on those leads. And then the last part is once you actually hire people, how do you know what they're going to be doing? Like, how do they know what to do? Yeah. Well, you have to create systems and you have to create SOPs, uh, processes that go along with it. And that was a huge theme here. So like, for example, Aaron Tran said, acquiring clients and SOPs, like, there you go. Like that's so much of it right there. The only part, part he's missing is like, is to think, all right, well, this is just me maybe right now. Maybe he's a, a freelancer. He's also going to have to multiply his efforts by hiring people as well. So perfect example of somebody who filled out the survey here, who just hits on all three of these. Todd Gladden has said, you know, I have a small agency, so attracting the right type of clients mostly, plus coming up for with processes for fulfilling. Couldn't agree more. Absolutely. So it's those two things. And then, you know, in and around that is also hiring. Like there's only so many working hours in a month. Like, you know, there's only so many days in a week. I think about all the man hours that we put in in a week inside tier 11. It's like, could we ever grow and scale if it was just me and Trish? <laughs> it was my no. first VA. Like, no way. Like there's thousands of man hours every single week. So fortunately, we've been able to, you know, quality leads. We've also been able to hire the right types of people. And then thirdly, we have processes in place for every department, every task in order to standardize the deliverable that we're trying to achieve with our customers, which is ultimately to unlock their online potential and help them to scale and grow. So big, big themes there. And it's, it's really interesting to see. I, I thought from a, an agency perspective, we would see other things but it still comes back to like the three biggies, which that's how you scale. It's like, if you can master the ideal customer, track that ideal customer, which is what the business owner is looking mm -hmm. for as well on your side, that might be like the product here. I'm sort of thinking like there's some overlay between what the business owner is looking for, what the agency owner is looking for. Yeah. seems like everyone wants to attract the right customer. And then after that, how do you fulfill on it as a service-based business and an agency? You need people to do that. And then last but not least is you need systems. Those sort of two go hand in hand, systems and people sort of all at the same time. So super, uh, super interesting on the agency side. And Istvan Molnar filled out the survey three times, actually. He really wanted that checklist, uh, Vanessa, so much so. Three different <laughs> emails. I love this guy. But he said all three of those things. Create processes in order to save 
my and my colleagues' time, be able to delegate tasks in order to grow my business with new colleagues. So it's like he encompasses that all together. So uh, thank you for everybody filling out this survey here. We're, we've got a lot to uh, to think about as we put together our our soon-to-be formulated product. But my guess is, Vanessa, we're kind of going after like the customer acquisition side, right? Is that what you're yeah. Thinking? And I mean, I, I would almost think that we're going after like, like scale in general, right? Like I, we kind of talked about this a little bit before we even started recording, which was like, I don't think that everybody even knows what they're talking about when they say like, oh, I want to scale. Like they, I think a lot of people just relate scaling with like just spending more money and having more ROAS come of that. Um, but it, like you were saying, like it really involved, it's such an involved process that, um, you know, I don't think everybody really thinks about it the way that it's supposed to be thought of. And it's like, it's so much more than just spending more and making more it's, you know, making more product, it's, um, growing your team, it's making sure that you have processes in place and SOPs in place and your project management system is running the way that it's supposed to. And, um, you know, everything kind of works hand in hand together in order for you to achieve scale. And, and it's, it's wild. Like we have, you know, we have dozens of customers at tier 11. I always sort of go back to that because we go across so many different industries and some are scaling up their ad spend, acquiring customers at hundreds of thousands of dollars per month, if not millions of dollars per month in ad spend. And then yeah. Some of our customers, or maybe even the ones that we decided or, or ended up not working with, like can't scale past like 10K per month in spend. And if I look at both of those, like for example, we have a watch company that's going to be coming on very soon inside Tier 11, like they're spending a lot. They want to get to the next level. Mm-hmm. And, but the point is, it's like they scaled from zero to a couple hundred thousand dollars a month in uh, ad spend and millions in revenue because they had an offer that really converted. It's a really yeah. good offer. It's a, you know, in this case, the the luxury watch market is a big market, right? But mm-hmm. like how they figured it out is they did it in a slightly different way, created a luxury brand at a more of a discount price, but not so discount. So it's like, you know, competing against the Seiko watches that are like $10 you get at CVS. So it's in that sweet spot. So what they figured out is a really good offer that scales. Now they want to scale to the next level. The ones that we find that don't really have the ability to scale is their offer won't allow them to scale. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes it's not necessarily just pouring more traffic on it. It's maybe the offer is really good, but it's the messaging that isn't quite right yet. It's still that entry point offer. And it's like, that for me is like the key to scaling. And if you're an agency, this is different than if you're up, you know, selling a product or you're a business selling a product or some other service. As an agency, you have to differentiate yourself in your product in a way that nobody else does. Same way in which, you know, a biz, a regular business has to differentiate their product in no other way that somebody else does. Unless you're really you wanted to, you know, you're you're competing on price at that point. You're right, and nobody really wins there, and you probably can't pay for ads. Yeah, and you can't scale with that. When you compete on price, you just can't scale. 
Yeah. But it does, I mean, like just hearing you say that it does kind of come down to like an entry point product, you know, like even when I think about scaling ad accounts for some of these, like even like service-based businesses or uh, more product-based businesses, like product-based businesses, I, I feel like every time we go to scale something there, it's almost like, where are we entering into this funnel at? You know, like, do you have three main products that are your top sellers? Let's start there. Um, and then same thing for service-based, you know, or I wouldn't even really call it service, like info-based products. Um, like for example, we had one of our customers was selling like a really big bodybuilding uh, info product, right? Um, and that was something that was really hard to try to scale up on its own. But once we added in different entry points from different lead magnets or different like cheaper products, that scale became like almost limitless, right? So like that's some that's like another example of just like being able to scale like means so much more than just pouring more ad spend on something. It really does mean like doing a whole makeover of like your front end. Yeah. And it, this is, this is all about what an, a good entry point offer is. Yeah. And, you know, you can try to, you know, sell your highest end product to cold traffic. Like we have another customer that we're about to engage with and they sell um, basically hand sanitizing kind of stuff and room sanitizing, like really high end, like sanitizers, like industrial strength their high-end product which is a great product and it's a differentiator in the market and and you know there's competition out there but no one's going to buy a two thousand dollar product from you unless they really know who you are on the front end or unless you have a really long you know pre-frame sequence email like all that it's going to yeah. take a while so it, it but our our issue with them is that okay you want to sell that but like you need something way ahead of that in order to get them involved and get them interested in who you are before you even consider selling them something that's $2,000. So for them, it's about crafting a front end offer or a bundle that's irresistible. So it's the right product, right price, the right person at the exact right moment. And that kind of bundle, that offer is something that's different than the rest of the market. So if you are selling something like there's thousands of companies selling hand sanitizers, but they're probably selling one bottle at a time. Well, if you put a bundle together and then put in some sweeteners and maybe even go a little bit negative on the front end and price it in such a way so that it's irresistible to your market, you've now got an entry point offer. You've got a way, now they're buying this from you. Oh, the next step is to say, okay, well, because you're a gym owner and you know you you bought these specific this bundle specific for gym owners for hand sanitizers and alcohol wipes and all these other sorts of things. Well, you probably need dispensers for them to put in your gym. And oh, by the way, well, now that you have that, you probably need to do a real deep cleaning of the gym every now and then. So here's our big $2,000 thing, which you can buy and then sanitize yeah. your entire gym. So like thinking about it that way, they, it, instead of, yeah, just uh, we just need to get some Facebook ads to send it to our, our $2,000 offer. No, it doesn't work that way. Right. You got to figure out like the market itself. And they're a very successful company on their own through wholesaling and otherwise, but they just haven't been able to figure out like ads. 
So what is that entry point offer? And it's the, it's the key ingredient, I think, to any successful business. And to your point, Vanessa, the ones that really scale, that we see that really scale, have multiple entry points, Yeah, not just one. Like figure out one to start, get that successful. And then how do you scale? You go after yeah. different aspects of the market. We described that with one of our customers and they had three ways in which they were bringing in customers through a subscription offer, through e-commerce products, and then through lead gen. And those three ways allowed them to scale in 53X their business because they figured out one way really well. And then, all right, we got that humming along. We're going to get a different segment with this funnel and then a different segment with this funnel. And now they're working on their fourth and fifth to scale to an even different level. So all these things are layered upon each other. But I think to your point, it comes back to like that good entry point offer some way in which cold traffic, somebody who doesn't know who you are, is going to engage with your brand in a, in a right. low friction way, at least to start. And like multiple entry point offers, because I mean, some of them are going to be seasonal and have like fluctuations throughout the year too. That's something that I think a lot of people don't focus on enough either. Yeah. And, and having multiple, like you, you always want something that's evergreen, but I mean, if you have a seasonal product, like ride yeah. the, yeah, ride the wave uh, on the seasonal stuff. Like we have a you know, a new customer who's in the uh, education niche and their stuff is seasonal, like September is really yeah. big for them. You know, August is really big and, you know, May and June, not so big, you know, because these are preschool kids like looking to learn a certain type of, of music. So it, there's fluctuations, but they have a lead gen mechanism throughout the entire year that continuously pumps new leads back in that then they can email and, and, uh, and sell to. So yeah, you need to have both, especially if you are a seasonal, uh, a seasonal business in one way, shape or form. So, well, this is really good stuff. I mean, I, I think we're going to be uh, delving into this a lot further. This is really sort of our first foray into uncovering what you, the perpetual traffic listener is really looking to do what your biggest challenge is. And I, and I think if you're listening here today and you're either a business owner, freelancer agency, or even an employee, you know, what we talked about today, if, if some of these things are things that you're struggling with, the good thing is that you're not alone. <laughs> you know, yeah. this is the thing that people in business struggle with. So uh, we are going to do our best in order to create a solution, obviously, through the content here that we do on the podcast, but also through our paid product soon to be delivered. But the point is, is like you're not alone as an agency owner or a business owner. Uh, there's a lot of common struggles here that we found out here. And it's up to us to, to help deliver on the promise to you that we're going to help you overcome uh, those challenges and frustrations as, as a listener of the show. So super appreciate everybody filling out the survey. If they want to still fill it out, Vanessa, we can uh, still take survey people and uh, at tier 11 forward slash survey. Uh, that is still live. So if anybody fills out the survey, tier11.com forward slash survey. And if you fill it out, you will get our, our tactical troubleshooting checklist, which is basically just a checklist that, uh, I mean, it's unlike undermining it there. Okay. This is like more than a checklist. It's actually like a full-blown PDF that really does kind of go in depth on certain like media buying issues that you might have, just like troubleshooting common issues. So like no sales, no add to carts, like stuff like that. So that, that is actually a very valuable PDF that we usually sell, but we're giving it away for free to all of the perpetual traffic listeners that end up filling out our survey. So fill out the survey, get it for free. 
Yeah, and it's a checklist that our media buyers go through through part of their training as well as, you know, they better like keep this thing on the their desk like as they go through their ad accounts every single day, but yes. uh, it's it's the checklist that we use to troubleshoot our ads cuz not every ad uh, is a home run ad, as we well know, Vanessa, usually yes. 70 or 80% <laughs> of them don't do all that well. So this checklist helps you navigate that minefield and make the right changes in order to get a successful ad going uh, in your Facebook and Instagram ad accounts or, you know, Google, TikTok, Snapchat, same <laughs> kind of thing here. You know, we do all media tier 11. So all these principles apply. So uh, this was great having you come on a uh, totally last minute notice. And, um, you know, I, I appreciate you being uh, full honest, especially in the first couple of days of this survey, which was pretty stressful. <laughs> um, but people can go and, and fill out the survey and get the tactical troubleshooting checklist. Once again, tier11.com forward slash survey. Super appreciate you coming on here today, Vanessa, and bringing it as always. So for all the resources that we mentioned in this week's show, head on over to digitalmarketer.com forward slash podcast. This has been episode 303. Until next week, see ya. Bye. You've been listening to Perpetual Traffic. For more information and to get the resources mentioned in this episode, visit digitalmarketer.com forward slash podcast. Thank you for listening.